It is the 24th of March, and I'm Buffy Gorilla on TheConstantInvestor.com, and I'm speaking to Bill Robertson from the Constant Investor community. Thanks for joining us, Bill. Oh, thank you, Buffy. Yeah, oh. no, uh, thanks for the invite. I need to know a little bit about you. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Um, so, yeah, I, I live out in uh, rural New South Wales. Uh, I live in Leeton, work over in Griffith, uh, about 600 kilometres uh, inland from Sydney, 500-odd kilometres north of Melbourne. Genuinely lovely part of the world. It's quite intriguing because I'm in a high-tech environment. I'm an IT manager for a uh, fairly progressive family-owned uh, company, DeBortley Wines. And, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a great life. And how long have you been in IT? I've been in IT um, most of my working life, so it's about... Uh, 30 odd years. Uh, so, um, yeah, quite a while. You must have seen quite a lot of changes in the IT landscape over the years. Uh, yes. <laughs> and the funny thing with IT is they talk about IT having a half life of knowledge of two years. So that every two years, you know, theoretically half of what you know is, is almost worthless and um, needs to be relearned. So it's, a, it's an intriguing industry. Well, that's also very inspiring to keep that knowledge fresh. Tell me a little bit about yourself in the investment landscape. You mentioned you're a hobby investor. What does that mean to you exactly, Bill? Um, well, I think my retirement strategy is based more on traditional super and um, an investment property. Um, my hobby investment is my share portfolio. So um, my my wife's not particularly excited by shares. I think the rationale is that if you do need to um, get access to the funds for an emergency, everybody else is doing the same, and so they're worth less. The times you don't need them is the times they're worth the most. So. So we, we compromise by making my share trading um, my hobby, um, to where, where, some, where some guys might um, put their money on the horses or, uh, or, or spend it on boats, and um, I, I do my, uh, my shares in my hobby investment. So where are you invested at the moment? I do a whole range of, of, of things, and um, so... I was, there's, you know, traditional, a mixture of traditional um, blue chips as sort of the foundation. So, And a lot of that is because I love the idea of um, compound interest. So I really like the, uh, the blue chips that offer DRPs. So things like, you know, CBA and um, NAB and, you know, Woodside, Fortescue, Rio, Newcrest. Um, Newcrest is also a little bit of gold hedging, um, 30-odd years ago, I had a little bit of gold investment, and um, I like the idea of counter-cyclic, you know, um, investing. So I love, I love DRPs with the, um, the idea of, you know, compound interest and, um, yeah, other, other sort of more traditional blue chips, a bit of BHP and South 32, things like some agribusiness experiments, uh, elders, which has not been um, at all kind to me, and uh, Webster's. Yeah, no, they, <laughs> El- El- elders, elders was uh, certainly, certainly one of the mistakes. And do you work with anyone on your investments, or are you wholly responsible for the good, the bad, and the ugly of all the results of your investments? Yes. So in the past where I um, necessarily maybe got advice from you know, the old friends and family, oh, 
should try and invest in XYZ because that could be, you know, a, you know, I think it could be great because of, uh, you know, ABC. Those family and friends style suggestions have uh, pretty much always ended in tears. So, so yeah, in, in um, recent times, I've worked on, I suppose, a combination of um, value investing if it's going to be, um, if it's going to be for for you know traditional things like DIP, look at companies that you think are solid and um, hold for the long term, and then the others are going to be around. Look to where you have, if it's going to be more spe- uh, speculative, look to where you have a competitive advantage over the average investor. So your, um, in my case, um, mm. not only do I um, have a background in IT, my I do a lot of reading on on uh, technology, biotechnology, um, do lots of research into into all of that um, that that whole. Um, innovation around um, biotech and where that's going. So it gives me some competitive advantage over at least the average investor in that space. So I'll, you know, my speculative investments will be be in that area. Do you have any top tech stock tips for our our community, Bill? Um, well, I do a bit of both. So, so in terms of the, the blue chip um, biotechs are things like CSL and Cochlear and the rationale for people like, so why, why for example, Cochlear? Um, when I look at where we're heading, which is implantable devices, um, uh, connections between electronics and nervous systems, Cochlear have been in this space now for decades. Um, where in the future, you know, where interfacing interfacing electronics with biology is is fraught with an enormous amount of complexity and risk. Now, these are guys that have been there forever, been there, done that, um, and it gives them if they can if they can capitalise on it, it gives them um, you know a real springboard into this into that whole space um, people like CSL we we are constantly getting a better understanding of the way our immune system works and um, there's a lot of concepts around um, you know that a lot of even things like maybe heart disease and the like are more inflammatory responses and, um, and at some level there's uh, you know, there may be in some cases uh, various diseases impacting the inflammation from from other underlying diseases may have an impact. We're seeing that a lot of um, cancers, something that, you know, research pointed out probably decades ago that many, if you, that many of our cancers are probably virus-related. Mm-hmm. So if you look through the way viruses work in terms of the way they replicate and the way they hijack um, genetic material... And if you look at the human genome and how much um, viral legacy there is there, and you only have to look at now in recent years things like um, we're worried about the the, the Tasmanian um, devil because of a, a virus that's um, causing facial tumours. We know we're making great stuff with the um, the uh, papilloma uh, virus. Uh, vaccines for for girls but there's also work that's showing that the that 
that seems to reduce the incidence of things like potentially um, prostate cancers in guys. So there's a whole there's a whole range of of things that we that's sort of half known, and we're on the mm-hmm. cusp of knowing more of. And companies like, say again, CSL are in the um, are in the position of, of looking at it. Companies in Australia like Virolytics uh, are also looking into this sort of space. There's, there's companies like Mesoblast looking at um, you know things like stem cells for regenerating for regenerating um, tissue. And again, the same thing. There's been lots of work in the labs on how you would. Um, uh, produce stem cells and differentiate the stem cells but at the end of the day it always comes back to the scaffolding so it's all well and good we now know we can produce stem cells and differentiate them to produce different material but you're still going to have a myelot you're still going to have a um, an engineering problem of how do you produce the scaffolding around it and so companies um, you know there are companies in Australia working on things like that so you may yeah, anyway, so that's the, they're the sorts of thinking and, and that sort of tie into it. And so are you invested in those companies or do you also refer to, I'm just thinking of some of our top stock picks that are health-related, the Osprey Medical and Novo Nordisk with their diabetes. Do you have your portfolio primarily in biotech and um, tech stocks or how, how are you diversified? The foundation of it is is still blue chips because of the, and a lot of that is because I've been in them for so long. Mm. The the magic of compound interest has, um, you know, when you start getting DRPs on your DRPs, that um, you know that that becomes really um, the magic of compound interest in the long term um, works works in your favour. So it's probably spread the weight on the. The blue chips have ended up becoming a larger and larger part, more by um, just the factor of time mm-hmm. and the fact that they do offer DRPs. Yeah, I do consider the the biotech's gambling. If you are going to gamble, um, I'd I'd rather gamble on a cure for cancer than um, you know. There's for me, there's more fun in in that than probably the the third at Rose Hill. Um, you know, the the Sunday races. So if I'm going to gamble. Yeah, why not? Why not gamble on something that may that may actually do something great? Well, I think that sounds like a lovely strategy. And do you have any books that you have read that have influenced your your strategy or the way you look at investment? Um, what I tend to do is look more at um, underlying underlying research. So I like. I think it was the idea from Warren Buffett that you need to be careful about taking um, too much second and third hand advice that at times you have to be prepared to 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 read first principles. So I tend to read a lot of things like um, new scientist or or even look at um, you know if I see articles that have happened on our oh, perfect example things like the the funnel web venom um, they're looking at recently, one of the peptides being able to help stroke patients and that that made the you know the traditional news. But then there's also to go back and read the the underlying research papers mm-hmm. to try and get an understanding of well, okay, how is that working? It's all well and good to say yes it's working, 
but then to understand how is it working. Okay, so these peptides are affecting ion channels and, and that's affecting, you know, as a cascading as a cascading series of reactions that um, you know, that lead to, to neuron death and what are they trying to what are they trying to do at a low level. That once you have, if you understand first principles, you've I think got a better chance of saying, well, if that's if how does cause and effect join and where are the opportunities if someone's going to capitalize on this um, what will they need to you know what will they need to know and what will they need to do so that's uh, things like new scientist mm-hmm. um, weekly magazine that's got a lot of a lot of science articles and covers a broad breadth of of science related is sort of a go-to for me um, mm-hmm. there um, I do got to say I'll, gi- I'll give you guys a plug um, <laughs> I, lo- I love Alan Kohler's work um, I, you know, used to subscribe to the various things over the years, um, and I'm with the constant investor because, you know, I love the collection of work that you guys, that Alan and your team do in terms of, particularly like the the weekend, the weekend briefings. It's uh, it covers a broad range of things, so it's not just saying. I'm, I'm less interested in, you know, invest in in A or invest in B than mm-hmm. I am in in saying, well, here's Here's the big picture of of where where the bond market's going because of A, B, and C. Or here's the big picture of where in interest rates are likely to go. And um, here's the big picture and where currency movements are likely to be. Here's where the euro's at and where it's likely to to go. And again, I take it all with a grain of salt because I, mm-hmm. I um, but it's useful to have. To have those additional ideas percolate through, and the big picture ideas, and um, and they do, and and I find that incredibly useful, valuable. I need to ask: Do you think wine is a good investment? <laughs> um, me personally, uh, I had some great advice from a um, a mate of mine years ago, who's in the wine industry, and with actually advice from his dad, which is. Never invest in the industry that you're employed by because if the industry goes, if something happens cyclically on the industry, you lose both your investment and your job. So um, I thought that was pretty spectacular advice. So for me, wine, I've deliberately stayed away from um, wine as an investment. I, I personally think that it's a poor investment because the nature of the wine of of many agricultural endeavours, wine in particular, is they are very cyclic, and um, I find when we when I work with a Debortley board, their thinking tends to be one year, five year, ten year, twenty year um, time frames. So if we want to go for if we think that hey we would really like some um, we think a particular variety, you know, Jurifs, Infidel, mm-hmm. whatever, is going to do well. Or we want to try some new Spanish varieties that haven't happened in Australia before. We've got to source some great material and do some trial plantings, wait three years, produce some wine, see if that wine will actually hit the mark, if we'll actually, we can produce a decent wine, then turn around, if the wine's okay, we've got to see if we can actually engage consumers. Then if that works, we've got to start again and then source enough grape material to actually source some vineyards and some grape material to plant out and then wait three years before we can get some volume. If you work in a business that thinks like that, 
you realise that normal corporate culture where all they're obsessed about is the next quarter's returns um, doesn't mesh well. So I, I think traditional traditional um, companies where where the thinking is so short term doesn't play well in a in an industry where the thinking necessarily has to be very long term. Well, Bill, thank you very much for your time and your tips. It's been great oh. chatting with you. Oh, thank you, Buffy. That's no, it's been fun. Thanks, Bill Robertson. Bill is one of our fantastic community members, and this is theconstantinvestor.com.